We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Paul Pasqualoni retires as the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we're going to talk about who could be the Detroit Lions defensive coordinator. We also have some voicemails, all on episode 71 of the Pride Podcast. guys welcome back to the pride podcast episode 71 on the blue wire network and today's episode is going to be sponsored by untuck it and for this episode we will be without my man pierre but we got my main man malcolm how you doing my man yes sir what's going on everybody Yep. all right in today's episode we got some breaking news which calls for an emergency podcast and for this emergency podcast this has been some news that a lot of Lions fans have wanted all year long. Um, and here we are. The day is here. Defensive coordinator Paul Pascalone, as I like to call him, Mr. Baloney. Yeah! He has officially <laughs> stepped down from the game of football. Yeah! And we predicted this. We said he would either be demoted into a lower position or... You know, he'd be like a scout or something, or, you know, Matt Patricia maybe string some ties, convince his old man, his old mentor, that baloney, man, uh, you know, I don't want to fire you, but you could leave off on your own terms. And that's what happened. So Mr. Baloney is leaving from football. But besides for Paul Pascaloni, there was a few coaches that have been fired and another coach on the Detroit Lions coaching staff that have just left away from football. So Jeff Davidson, the offensive line coach, which was kind of a shock. He is stepping down from football as well. Uh, linebackers coach Al Golden has been fired. Special teams coach John Benigio has been fired. Remember, he's a former CMU coach. Rodney Hill has been fired. Hill Nash, the back has been fired. DB's coach Brian Stewart and tight end Chris, tight ends coach Chris White has also been fired. So now there's eight coaching vacancies, eight assistant jobs available for the Lions, 
And the Lions will be coaching in the Senior Bowl, so they have to figure that out by January 25th, the latest. So um, a lot of interesting stuff to go around. So, Malcolm, uh, what do you think of this uh, Paul Pasqualoni news? Um, the only thing that disappoints me is that they didn't, like, throw his ass out of Detroit. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's best, it's best for the team that he retired. I don't, to this day, I don't know what he did. Did, was he the play caller? Nobody knows. Like, did he game plan? Nobody knows. Like, nobody really knows. Like, do you know? Like, what did he do in Detroit? He was the most useless defensive coordinator I've ever seen around the league. In college football, <laughs> high school football, most useless defensive coordinator I've ever seen, honestly. And I'm not even just saying that because he's like the Lions. It was, I didn't know what he did. You're right. Like, what did he do exactly? No, nobody you know, knows. Maybe nobody in knows. the beginning of the year, I guess, um, there was... He might have been the play caller, but I think it was either the Wash. I think it was the Washington game this year that it was Chris Burke for the from the Athletic that said it sure looks like Matt Patricia is taking over the play calling. So you know, was he the play caller on defense for the first half of the season? I never buy into it. I never believed into it. You know me. I, I we've talked. I've talked about this in training camp, and I went to every training camp this year, and I said. What exactly does this man really do for us? <laughs> what does he do for us? And Pierre's like, don't talk about my defensive coordinator. <laughs> and I'm like, no, for real, though. Like, what does he do? I, I just watch him. He's just standing around there. I mean, I feel bad for the guy because, you know, he's a little older, obviously. I'm not even trying to be rude. He's just, and it's hot as hell out there. He's just sweating his ass off out there. But I don't know. I never heard his voice, really. I mean, like, I heard a few. I heard a press conference, like, recently of him. It was the Lions media team interviewing Cam. But other than that, man, like he's the most uninvolved. Like for how big of a role he is, I like yeah. you think he's like a position coach or something like exactly. that, or a scout. Exactly. Like it just didn't feel like a defensive coordinator. Like when we had Terrell Austin, I feel like I always heard you know press conferences with Terrell, and but I don't know, man. It's it's a different ball game. <laughs> it's a different ball game with Paul Pasqualoni. Yeah. I just never looked at him as a defensive coordinator. Me, me neither. I mean, I like I said, I don't know what he did. I think I'm not sure how much. I mean, I know Patricia trusts him as far as like a his judgment on the field, but I don't think he really tr- trusts him in calling plays and stuff. Like I don't know. Like it was always like a dual thing. Like it was like you would hear that he will call some plays and then Patricia will call some plays and he will call some plays and Patricia will call some plays. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. My reaction to this wasn't like the typical Lions fans' reaction. It feels like every Lions fan is, you know. S- you know they're happy as hell that Paul Pescaloni is yeah. not part of the staff anymore. And when I got the news, I was I kind of expected it. And I'm like, you know me, I, I think this is Patricia's defense. I think it's all Patricia when it comes to defense. I don't think Paul Pescaloni had much of a say. I don't think he even was the play caller at least for the second half of the season. I, it looked like it was convinced that he was not the play caller on defense anymore. You can tell. You can tell. So please. I mean, <laughs> it didn't really affect me because. I think regardless of next year, I know we're we'll be getting a new DC, and you know most likely unless we pull some Patriots shit, I guess, which wouldn't surprise me either, because <laughs> you know yeah, the Patriots didn't have a legit DC. About to say that. Yeah, so I guess it wouldn't surprise me either. About to say that if they don't even have a defensive coordinator yeah, next year, that that's a big possibility. Um, I can see. I mean, Patricia, he know that this is it, and he could just put everything on his shoulders and say, "I'm gonna call the shit. I'm gonna run the shit." And we're just gonna we're just gonna roll with it. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked either because we saw when Belichick lost Flores when he took the Miami Dolphins job, 
they didn't really hire legit DC. You know, they had some assistants that, you know, had a say in it, but it looked like it was going to be mainly Bill Belichick that was going to be running that defense. So that's something that wouldn't shock me either if they don't hire DC at all and just kind of let some assistants take over and, you know, Matt, Matt Pat will be the main guy on the defense. But, I mean, we'll definitely see. But, like I said, it didn't really affect me because I think when it comes to defense on this team right now, when you have a coach like Patricia who lives and dies by defense, I don't think it really matters because I think it's going to be his defense. I don't think Paul Pascaloni is going to change that. I don't think anyone you bring in, you can bring me or Malcolm, I don't think it's going to change that, honestly. I mean, maybe we could see them go out of their comfort zone and potentially hire someone from like a different system that they've never worked with, like what they did on offense with Daryl Bevel. That's also possible, but I don't know. I, I don't know. That would be interesting. I mean, depending on what they do. As far as I know, people are hoping that he goes out of the box and bring in some different guys, some different thoughts, different something new. I know yeah. Pierre wants some guy that's new. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't know how much. I don't see it too much. What What do you want personally? I mean, I would want somebody new, but if you bring in somebody new, it'll be hard. And the reason why I say that is because the way the way they run things here. And in New England, it's different. It's so different. It's not. It's not like you could bring a three-four guy in and say, "Okay, um, implement your defense with these guys that we have here." Or you could bring in a four-three guy and say, "Implement your defense and do it." They run their their defense is so multiple. It's so weird. Like they have pe- players playing like their line is everything is like not not traditional mm-hmm. with this team. And definitely like like look at the way they use the safeties. It's like it's not traditional. So I just don't see them bringing in. A different guy that's gonna change things completely. Like I know, I think Patricia. I don't think he's gonna, you know, close the book and give up on the way he runs his defense. I agree. I don't think he's gonna give up on it. You know, I think Patricia. He knows. He believes his defense works. Can, can work. I mean, New England is showing that that defense work. Definitely. But def- New England has the players. So I think Patricia probably thinks that you know he just needs the right players. You bring in the right players, it's going to work. So yeah. I, that's why I just don't think it's going to be something different. What I, what I would want is, hell, <laughs> anybody from Baltimore. I don't care if it's the water boy. I don't care if it's the <laughs> – I don't care who it is. It's anybody from Baltimore would be ideal. Linebackers coach, DB coach, defensive line coach, anybody. Anybody from Baltimore, I'm all in. Um, besides that, you know – Anybody from Seattle's ideal? I like those defense. Seattle, Baltimore, stuff like that. I'll be, I'll be down with. But that's not gonna happen. I just don't see that something like that happening. What I do see is him bringing in somebody from New England. Like I can see him bringing in a guy he called his son, Gerard Mayo. Gerard Mayo. Um, he's a former Patriots linebacker. Um, he won the Super Bowl with the Patriots. He played under Patricia. Patricia called him his son, and he knows this defense inside and out as the middle linebacker um, in New England. He's like the quarterback of the defense, so he knows his defense. If, if if they do hire somebody and want to give somebody a shot, I can see him give it to Gerard Mayo. Besides that, I mean, I don't have too many other names. I mean, you're either looking at somebody from the Texans, Patriots, hell, or even Miami, Syracuse, because they know the system inside. They know they know the system. What about Syracuse? And Syracuse don't they don't run? <laughs> <laughs> they don't run. They don't run the, the same defensive system. So what, about, what about an old-ass guy from Syracuse? An old-ass guy from Syracuse. <laughs> I think that's where he went wrong, is bringing in Paul Pascaloni, who never really had hands-on with that type of defense before. Mm-hmm. So that that was just like a big was a big no-no. But if he brings in somebody that knows his defense inside out, like a Gerard Mayo who 
played under it and had success pl- while playing under it. And then he's able to teach the guys and, and, and call the plays. I think that they'll have some. Or, so, I mean, what I see is that if he doesn't bring in one of those guys, I can see him calling himself. Okay. So you're expecting someone from the Patriots, Titans, Dolphins, somewhere, somewhere around that, somewhere around somewhere that around system. There, so ex-Patriot players. Yeah. So someone who knows the system already. Someone that knows the system inside and out. That way. So no new philosophies. Kind of like what they did on offense last year, bringing in Daryl Bevel, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with much. you. I'm it's with you. Much. Because um, you know we mentioned this. Uh, when it comes to defense, it's going to be Matt Patricia's defense. It's going to be his philosophy. It's going to be his schemes. And I and I this is my theory. This is not proven, but when it comes to offense, I don't think Patricia has much too much of a say to it. I think he hires an OC and lets them do what they have to do. You know, this is your offense. Do what you got to do, and then you know Patricia just has the final say on what happens. I think that's what happens in the offense. We're on defense. It's going to be his scheme, his philosophy, and he needs someone who he's going to trust and hire just to be a good play caller for his scheme. And who knows the scheme inside and out. So um, that's where I see with it. But, you know, we both mentioned it. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked either way if they, you know, went into that route of hiring like a New England guy or someone from someone who's been in New England before, or they just don't hire one and anyone at all and just let Matt Pat yeah, be the Matt play caller. Uh, that, that doesn't shock me either way. So uh, definitely interesting to see. Let's take a quick commercial break and then. We're going to do some playoff picks, and we'll do some voicemails. Yep. Ever seen an untucked button-down? They look bad. Why? Because they're not meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked, no matter if your size or shape. Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untuck length. With more than 50 plus combination, untucked shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. You can find your favorite untucked style online, or you can check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose styles like wrinkled free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With untucked, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to get a crafty, smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It's the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. Yep. Alright guys, we are back. So I said we will do some playoff picks and some voicemails. But I just received a text from Pierre since he couldn't join us. He uh, actually wants to say his two cents of some DCs he would yeah. like in Detroit. He and a few. He, he, he had two guys, I believe, right, uh, Malcolm? He actually had a few. Um, a few guys. Okay, so I heard – I saw from me, and then you can mention after me. So he mentioned Wade Phillips. He mentioned Rex Ryan, who I think works for ESPN now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Peter's throwing some, yeah, he's throwing it out there, man. Yeah. He also named Ravens linebacker coach Mike McDonald, Bills defensive DB coach John Butler, Dolphins passing game coordinator John Byer, Texans uh, defense assistant John Pago, P- Pigano, hope I said his name right, um, Ravens DB coach Chris Hewitt. Oh, okay. Well, there's some yeah. names to watch out for, I guess. Yeah, I mean, and all the guys he said are just pretty much going outside the box. 
He I said mean, some dolphin guys and some. Titan yeah, he said some guys. dolphin guys. He said some dolphin guys. But yeah, a lot guys. of other yeah, lot like of other Rex, players, um, coaches. But we'll see, man. It's I just don't see them going out the box like that. Yeah. I don't J- see Patricia just completely giving up. And what he's done for years. Exactly. I just don't see it. I agree. Uh, quick before we get into playoff picks and voicemails. So, you know, obviously some assistants are gone. Do you disagree or do you disagree with all the stuff that Patricia has done so far? With I'm happy as hell. Me? Yeah. I'm happy as hell. I mean, I, I said this. I knew that he's going to have to make some major, major, major changes in the staff. And I knew majority of the defense guys had to go. Almost all of them had to go. Yeah, so, I, I said the same thing the episode you missed, actually. So we, my priority is just to wipe the whole defensive staff away. Yeah. Yeah, so it didn't, it didn't, it didn't shock me at it all that me, he yeah. did fire everybody. So yeah. Besides Bo Davis. Had to be, it had to be done. But Bo Davis is the only one remaining of a job right now as an assistant, the defensive line coach. But yeah, Al yeah. Golden's gone and, uh, and Bri- Brian Stewart. And what saved him is injuries. Bo. Yeah, let's say yeah. Bo was, was injuries. I yeah, mean, he, you can make that I think the case of having having, you know, he never had his full defensive line. He did it. So I think that's what saved his his job. Yeah. But it was just bad all around. Yeah. So I, I agree with it. I I like it. And then it came a shock because he stepped down for a ball. It wasn't actually a firing, but uh, the Jeff Davison man, um, it kind of shocked me a little bit because I actually uh, I like the offense line. I thought the offense line actually played pretty well this year after kind of like a shaky first half. But the run game started to get going. Pass production was really good. I mean, not really good, but I thought it was pretty solid, honestly, when we had Blau and Driscoll in there. I mean, besides for the Dallas game when Driscoll was starting, I thought the offensive line was it was solid, man. I was, I was impressed that the tackle was played all right. The guard, the interior line was pretty good. I mean, they got the run game going, so it is a little bit of a shock that Davidson's gone. So I guess we'll see how that offensive line will be next year without Davidson and you know, we might be missing some few pieces we'll see in free agency with Glasgow being a free agent. they got to make a decision on Taylor Decker if they want to extend him. He'll be here for next year, but, you know, in the long term. And then what they do if they want to keep Joe Dalt left guard. So they got some decisions to make on the offensive line next year. But you know, overall, it was solid this year. So we'll see uh, how it shapes out to be in the offseason and next year. So, All right, so let's stop procrastinating this. Let's do some uh, playoff picks. And, yeah, so... Uh, Malcolm, you want to go ahead and I'll, I'll say the game and just tell me who you got, all right? And give me like a quick like 30-second ex- explanation why you're taking this team, all okay. right? So Saturday Saturday at 4 o'clock, we are starting off with the Buffalo Bills traveling to Houston. Who do you got winning this game? I got Houston. You got Houston winning the game? Yeah, I got Houston winning, yeah. Um, Buffalo is a team who I kind of consider in that same category as us. And um, as as far as they haven't won a playoff game, probably in some, you know, God knows how long. You know, they haven't they haven't won a playoff game. I don't think they know how to win a playoff game yet. They're a good team, but this is going to be a game that you know, traveling to Houston, I don't see them beating Houston in that game. JJ Watt will actually be returning in this game as well. Yeah, he will. I'm going to take Buffalo. This I'm going to take what? Buffalo. Actually, no, no, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took Houston in my bracket. I'm sorry. No, no, take you can take Buffalo. No, I'm taking Houston. I'm taking Houston. <laughs> I like Houston at home. Um, if it was yeah. on the road, I'd probably take Buffalo. But yeah, if it, yeah, if it's five versus, because it'll probably be snowing and stuff in Buffalo. So I'll take Houston to win this game. All right, yeah. they got the nightcap on CBS. Tony Romo and Jim Nance will be calling this game. Tennessee Titans traveling to Foxborough to play the New England Patriots. Who do you got? I have New England, and I don't think I. Um, you don't need to explain need, that. I don't need an explanation <laughs> on that. 
<laughs> I went to that guy New England as well. Tom Brady, there's no way in hell Tom Brady's losing to the Titans and Ryan Tannehill in Foxborough. What was it's not it? happening. Was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago in uh, 2017, man. Tennessee actually put a good fight in Foxborough versus they the did Patriots. Not in the playoffs. No, it wasn't the playoffs. It wasn't the playoffs. It wasn't the playoffs? It was yeah. when they took down the Chiefs and they had to play the Pats and they actually competed with them. They competed, but you ain't beating them. Yeah, they competed. It was a good game. Yeah, you um, the Patriots. This should be a good game. 105 on Fox. Joe Buck and, and uh, Troy Aikman will have the call in this game. Viking Saints in New Orleans. I have, I have the like the. <laughs> hope. I have the New Orleans Saints getting their revenge from the playoff game when but Diggs had that had a touchdown. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is a revenge game. And I think I know. I'm pretty sure everybody in New Orleans remember that game. So they yeah, this as a revenge game. If I was in the, if I was um a Saints fan and I was in the I was in the stands, like I would do a, a skull chant at the end, <laughs> <laughs> just to piss off the, the piss off the Vikings. Yeah, this game is in New Orleans too. So. Yeah. It is in New Orleans. I'm looking forward like, to that game. <laughs> I know all the Saints fans that watch that game. <laughs> I know they're hot. Like, how mad you got to be? Then they taunted at the end with the whole school thing. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to this game though. This game's gonna be fun. <laughs> oh, all right, man. we got 4:40. We got Seattle traveling to Philadelphia. Who do you got, man? Oh man, um, I have. I'm going with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Seattle Seahawks. Even though they're on the road and they're going to, um, they're going to Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I just do not trust Philadelphia secondary. Don't trust it. Yeah, Philadelphia is very banged up too, man. Like they have like no wide receivers right now. I actually didn't look if Elshon is playing or DJ might be playing. I guess potentially. I don't. I don't know. I didn't really look too much into it. But if not, you're looking at Greg Ward as your number one wide receiver. Zach Ertz is not 100. percent So. You know, Dallas Goddard, I mean, that team is banged, banged up. And how they're in the playoffs, credit to Doug it's Peterson, first me. of all, man. It's beyond me. Credit to Doug Peterson, dude, man. Like, just that team getting to the playoffs with all those injuries that they went through this year. And you guys are probably like, this guy's talking about injuries who, <laughs> who <laughs> I yeah. never let the injury card go. But this team was banged, banged up, man. So, uh, mm-hmm. credit to Philadelphia going 9-7 and seven and making the playoffs. But, yeah, I'm I with you. I hate the way this play, playoff seating is like set up. Yeah, because because they had they were because they won their division and they're nine and seven. They got a home playoff game. They get home playoff game. Yeah, and they're playing against the Seattle Seahawks who won like what? Eleven games. Eleven games. <laughs> yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, I mean even the Vikings they won ten games this year. They're playing on the road. Yeah, so they should they should fix that. But yeah, I'm taking Seattle as well and. A wild card round, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, Seattle's just a better team. This should be an interesting wild card weekend. I'm looking forward to it. You know, playoff football. I love playoff football in the NFL, man. All right, yeah, let's do some voicemails to cap this off. Mail time. Cause something came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got him. <he. laughs> Got him. <he. laughs> Yep. All right, we got the first voicemail. Here we go. You got mail. We have answers. Let's go. All right, voicemail. What's up, fellas? I have one question. With, with the Redskins already taking D lineman, uh, first and uh, first and first round in previous years, do you think it's a lot that they go after Chase since they already spent so much capital on the first round on D lineman, or do they go after? 
a cornerback, something they desperately need, which will open up the chance for us to get Chase. Thanks. So um, he brought up a good point. It, since 2017, the Washington Redskins have taken a defensive lineman every single year in the first round. Mm-hmm. So they took Jonathan Allen, they took Montez, De'Aaron Payne. So, you know, first round talent all over the on that defensive line. But you know, he made a good point. You know, should they go a guy like Akuda? You know, maybe even an offensive lineman. I don't think they can. I think Chase Young is too good of a prospect to pass up on. Even if it's not a huge need right now, even if you have other needs, I don't think you could pass up on a guy like Chase Young, man. It's just too good of a prospect to pass up on. When you're a new head coach like Ron Rivera, um, I mean, why wouldn't you want a guy like Chase Young? I mean, I don't know. I think you have to take Chase Young. You're not like a team that's kind of close right now that you just need that one piece. You're looking for a need. Right now, when you're like a team like the Washington Redskins, you're taking best player available, and that is Chase Young at that spot. So... I think you got to go Chase Young. Man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just waiting to see more. I seen, like I said, I seen weirder shit happen. Like we saw, like we witnessed the Oakland Raiders just pass right, right over Josh Allen last year. Like we, we seen weird shit. Like I, I seen weird shit all the time. Like yeah, like there's gonna be guys from just based off the combines gonna come up to the top five, top three. So I mean, like I'm just in waiting to see mode. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that Redskins taking Chase Young. They might pass him. I don't know. Who knows? I mean. Do they value that elite beast on the defensive line, or do they, or do they want to protect the young quarterback who they invested in last year? Yeah, I so mean, that's, that, that's what I want to see. It's definitely interesting. I think unless <laughs> the only way that scenario could happen, like the Raiders one, where they took Cleveland Farrell over like Josh Allen, you would need like another edge rusher to step up in the combine or something like that, where it just blows the roofs off, and that he's worthy of a top two pick at that point. And yeah, I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I, I brought that up because you know that that was just I thought that was insane. Like that yeah. was just, that was just a very dumb move. It was. Um, but as far as like the the um, the Redskins, I mean, I just don't I just don't know. I just we'll don't see. know what they do. We'll see. I I would be shocked if they pass up on Chase Young. Um, but, like I yeah. said, I said it last episode. Hopefully, he smokes a bong or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. You don't need to do that. All they have to do is just they probably have some doubts and be like, oh, he didn't have the best bowl game. And just like how the credits are right now, a lot of credits are of Chase Young, they're saying that he had a horrible bowl game. And he's, people call him, some people are calling him overrated. I don't know why they're calling him overrated. Man had like almost 20, 20 sacks last season, but they're calling him overrated. Yeah, I, I'm scared Patricia, or Patricia and Quinn would be those guys to fall for the tactic that. He's overrated. He doesn't fit the scheme. He doesn't fit our philosophy. He was, suspend- right. he, he was suspended for two games. He could play either or, but I, I know a guy <laughs> who definitely fits their scheme, but he, he's a hell of a reaches. My guy, AJ Espinosa. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't see the skins pass on Chase Young, but I know we have till April to see that. So well, We'll see. Hopefully Chase Young smokes a bong. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go on to the next question. The next question. If John Dorsey is still on the market, come next offseason. Do you think the Lions should part ways with Bob Quinn and go for Dorsey? Oh, God damn. Well, the the, the question's over. Yeah, just, very, very aggressive. Yeah, that was, that was very aggressive. <laughs> so, <laughs> why would we go after John Dorsey, though? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want me to tell you. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, he's very fan-friendly, but he's a crazy man because he gets, like, those big names in. But I don't know. I don't know if you want that type of thing. Like it looks good on paper, but sometimes it doesn't show up on the. That's what John Dorsey is, man. Look at the look at the disaster he did in Cleveland. Why would you bring this? 
I mean, you gotta why think. Would... That's the guy that hired Freddie Kitchen as a head coach. Exactly. Like, why would you bring him in? <laughs> like, no. Yes, he. I mean, he does a good job bringing in big names, and big names just makes it make you look like a big dummy at the end of the season if you don't go nowhere. Yeah. Like the Cleveland Browns, as talented as they are, they look stupid right now because they have all this talent that still went absolutely nowhere. Yeah, I mean, none of it was free agent moves either. It was all trades. It was all trades, and they were. I mean, they're not cheap trades either. They're, I mean, I don't know. He's aggressive. I'll give him that. He's a yeah, he he's an aggressive, very aggressive GM. He went. Yeah, he went super hard last so, off season. But again, he is the man who hired Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. Yeah, and that was bad. He lost. Hey, you wanted him as you wanted him as a, as an OC. I did. I did. <laughs> Shame on me. Um, John Dorsey is going to be a big no for me. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I'll say no. You say no. All right. Uh, next question. Um, what's going on, guys? I'm just here to ask you guys if we were to um, since we're picking at three, would you guys trade up? And what do you think we would have to give up to trade up to pick two and draft Chase Young? And my second question is, do you think Marvin Hall should be on the active roster next year? That guy was on a Red Bull. <laughs> so, so the trade up from. Three to two. two yeah, from three to two. It, it's going to be pricey, man. It's not going to be cheap. Um, you know, maybe a future one, I would have to assume it will be in the deal, and then a mid-round pick from this year, I would have to assume as well. So, You don't think a one, a third, and a fourth would get that job done? No, I think it would get the job done. A one, a third, and a fourth, right? Yeah. Well, you're saying flop ones this year, yeah, this so year's third, ones, and then and this year's fourth. Yeah, maybe a future second or future. May, yeah, maybe a future second in the deal. I mean, deal. To go up one spot. I don't see it being that much. Like yeah. I, I see it being much, but you got to think about it first. You got to look at what you know. What are you trading for? A quarterback. A team would probably hold hold that pick hostage and say, "Look, give me two first rounds, something else, or something else." But for a defensive line, I, I don't see them like going moving up one spot. But why would Washington want to even trade that pick to two to three? Because well, ben, if they don't need, if they know they're not going to pick Chase Young, why not? <laughs> You're going like, to get extra picks. But like, why do you want? Why would you want Derrick Brown over Chase Young? Why would they give Derrick Brown or or Kuda? Like, why would they want a Kuda over Chase Young? Because maybe they feel like if they, I'm telling you, that, Washington's not one of those teams where they need needs right now. That's not where they are right now. They're just a team that needs best player available. They need to build their roster. They have a new coach. They have a new regime. Like, this is not a team where they're one piece away from competing for the NFC East or the NFC Wild Card. They're not there yet. But they have. And they know well, that. Well, I, I guess what they what they have right now, I mean, because you look at the edge rushers, you have Ryan Kerrigan, who is playing at top level right now. Then you have Montez Sweat. So then you draft Chase Young. Then what? You, what are you going to do? you going to dump Ryan Kerrigan? I mean, or are you going to dump, dump Montez Sweat? You're not dropping Sweat. Sweat is young, so you're not dropping Sweat. You're just dropping So you're, you're dumping Ryan Kerrigan. You could trade Ryan Kerrigan. If you want to go total rebuild, go young, I mean, that's possible. He's older now. You you, you could. I mean, you could. But maybe they're at a point that they feel like, look, we need draft picks. And they could afford to lose one. Like, like for example, like, I'm okay with us trading our third, not for Chase Young, because we just need an edge rusher really bad. We we need an edge rusher more than anything. But if we were loaded at edge rusher, and we didn't need an edge rusher. I'll be I'll be okay with trading that pick. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't know. Like, like look at the situation. Like, say if we had two edge rushers right now, would you be okay trading that pick, or would you say hell with the draft Chase Young because he's just Chase Young? 
I'd still draft Chase Young, honestly. You'd still draft Chase Young? Yeah. I mean, Bob Quinn's in a different boat, though, so I, I see your argument than the Redskins, though, because Bob Quinn needs to win this year. He has to win this year. I mean, Ron, like, Ron Rivera just got hired. He's not forced to win this year, I don't think. I mean, no, I, I, I mean, I doubt he's forced to win this year. He's not going to be one and done, obviously, unless it's, like, a total shit wreck. But, like, Washington's not going to be that, that team to – Make him be a one and done because they're not going to be good enough to be a one and done. It's going to be real interesting, man. I just want first of all, I want to see what Jeff what Jeff Akuda puts in the combine. Yeah, because so. he puts up some eye breaking numbers. Everybody's going to say, "Oh shit, maybe he is a number two pick. Yeah, maybe he is a number three pick." Like, let him come to that. Let him come to that forty. Runs like a low four four, four threes or a high four twos. Yeah. Then this, this might be game over. Do you think Marvin Hall should be on active roster next year? Marvin Hall. Um, Marvin I mean, Hall. That's interesting. He should. Be in training camp, let him compete. You know, he's coming off a, a leg injury, I believe, a broken leg. Actually, I don't know if it was a broken I don't know what it honestly was. I know he had a leg injury, though. So, you know, he was he was good for a good long catch every game when he was there. Uh, I'm down for him to compete for a roster spot. Not necessarily win the spot, maybe, but, you know, let him compete. Uh, I'm down for that. That's fine. Would you feel comfortable if they let Danny walk and kept Marvin Hall as a replacement? Mm, do I want Marvin Hall starting? I don't know about that. I'd probably say no. You'd probably say no. I don't know if I want Danny Amendola back though. Like I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind Dola, but I wouldn't mind if they went a different round, got a different slot receiver. Either if they want to go speed. The only, the only way I would be okay with it is they draft a guy. Yeah. They yeah, draft a guy. I don't know if I want Marvin Hall starting. Marvin Hall, but maybe Marvin Hall may plays though. He could stretch the field. He could. He could, man. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you want him as your number three, though? I mean, I don't know. Just primarily in the slot? No, he's more like a fourth option. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like a CJ like Jones. At, I mean, he had, he would have to, like, do it at three at a consistently for me to be like, all right, yeah, roll with him. He's like that I'll TJ Jones for us. Yeah, I'll be scared. Some guys, they're just made for that fourth receiver role. And when you put him at that three or that number two spot, they fold. So, I don't, I don't know. I'll have to see it first. Yeah, so I'll say no. Oh, act, active roster, maybe. But active roster, yeah. Keep we'll him see. at the fourth wide receiver spot, man. He was yeah. balling. Unless, I, unless they bring back Curse, and Curse is just better. I let him compete, though. I, I'm down for yeah, him to let him compete. compete. All right, That's guys, it. that is a wrap. <laughs> episode 71. Thank you guys for all the voicemails. They're always appreciated. Hope you guys enjoyed our talk on the defensive coordinators, some playoff picks. And, yeah, man, I hope you guys start off your new year well hope it's a good new year for you guys like i mentioned last episode but i hope you guys enjoy your playoff weekend man nfl playoff weekend is finally here so let's all enjoy that as football fans the lines are not there so nothing to stress about (laughs) but um as peter always says please if you guys can always rate and review on apple Podcasts, it helps us out a lot and you know if you rate and review gets us up a little more popular so more people can listen so always appreciated but that is all I have to say. Hopefully better, bigger things for the Lions. And we might have another emergency podcast soon uh, if we hire a big assistant. So we'll see how that goes. But as of now, hope you guys enjoy episode 71. And I'm out. Peace out, Lions fans. Yep. All right, everybody. Hope everybody enjoyed the episode. Um, if you want to give us a call, if you, wanna, if you feel like venting, just want to ask a question or just want to say what's up, give us a call. Leave a voicemail. Our voicemail number is 313-355-3116. And I am out. It's your boy Malcolm. Peace.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.